0: Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, libertarians, liberals, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here for Rotten to the Core Wednesday on Sons of Liberty. In fact, if you want to check us out online, please do so, dot com. If you want to watch the video portion of the show, you can head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com. Scroll down right there on the right, and we're going live right now. You can also catch up that live video feed on my Twitter account at fpptim, as well as my Periscope account at Setting Brushfires. Facebook is Bradley Dean SOL. Uh, YouTube channel is B. Dean Sons of Liberty. Before it's news.com, uh, we're on the front page right there. And then on DLive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. You can catch us on Spreely Gab, Me, we Minds, and USA.life at Sons of Liberty, Sons of Liberty Media. And if you want to call in at any time, please stick to the topic. 215-TOP Talk 215 867 For you guys in the chat room and watching across the various video platforms. That number's right there in the bottom of your screen. Love to hear from you guys this morning. In fact, this is one of the things that Lynn and I talked about for Wednesdays when we talk about these things, is Our desire was to have sort of a breakfast table kind of conversation, give information, but then we wanted to hear feedback from you guys. That's why the phone lines are open. That's why the chat's open. uh, If there's questions or comments that you have about what's going on, and we try to filter that into the radio show here. And by the way, thank you to those who support us uh, at the Sons of Liberty. We appreciate your support very much. In fact, we couldn't do what we do, not only on the radio, but with the website and then out among the people without your support uh, so we're very thankful to you and look we're we're dependent upon you we really are uh in doing that as well as lynn and uh, lynn does what she does is labor love like we do if you want to support her you can go to diva.com with that said we have uh, a new round of attacks upon our liberties and the education liberties of our children and lynn is here this morning to discuss that with me lynn good morning
2: Well, hello there.
0: (laughs) Lynn is back home now and, um, she has been up for a while. I think she had a little problem sleeping last night. Sometimes I have that too. Uh, the CBD oil has helped me though. I got to tell you, uh, in, in a lot of respects for that, but, uh, Lynn, you're here with us this morning and, you know, I titled this thing. I think you were mentioning maybe I got my, uh, here I am an editor. I write for a living. I edit for a living. Uh, Maybe I got my your and your children's house down, I, but maybe maybe I'm wrong in that. So I just took that out on YouTube. Um, we're talking about federal termites who are eager to eat your or you, however you pronounce it, however you do it. I'm going to have to look that up after the show and your children's house down. What are you talking about, Lynn? You've got some out of the woodwork uh, termites going on in the federal government. <laughs>
2: Well, that was just um, another trying to be creative way to wake people up over the fact of, you know, we have a lot going on and we have uh, COVID supposedly safety measures going on. And what we're seeing is that our children are being sequestered, our families are being sequestered and some of the moves that are happening not just from the federal government but this was more from around the nation and some of the different states and some of the boneheaded moves that they're making and it just reminded me the more that people were sharing with me that this was almost kind of like, okay, we have all these worms coming out of the woodwork. And, I, you know, I don't know if people are familiar with, you know, wood piles and all the critters that live in them or, you know, if you have a house and you've seen termites. But, you know, they're really hard to get rid of once they embed themselves into the wood. And so that was kind of the mindset behind the article about, okay, if you really think your family is safe right now and the government is really looking out for you, These are the stupid things they're doing. These are the harmful things that they are doing to impede your family terribly.
0: All right. Now, and they are embedded in the wood, and they're going to be hard to get rid of. There's no question about that. If downright impossible, apart from people going and just literally removing them, a friend sent me a video of what they used to do. We call it tar and feathering. And uh, somebody put together a video about what that looks like. And it's, uh, you know, it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. Uh So Uh um, uh, I I, I agree. This is a hard thing to get rid of. So you've written about this. And um, Uh one of the things that you you wrote in your article here, I'm going to show people this. This is called Out of the... This is your latest. This was yesterday, Out of the Woodwork. And... um, One of the things that you said is um, you're going to give people a look at some of the supposed solutions, the CCSS machine, that's the Common Core Standards something. State
2: Standards. Mm-hmm. State
0: Standards, I'm sorry. Machine is throwing at we the people in the vain attempt to convince us we would be lost without it. Now, Lynn, I, when I when I read that, one of the things that mm-hmm. struck me is it's not just the issue of education. it's It's virtually everything. You look at how the media drives us. They don't drive us towards local politics. They drive us towards this centralized beast government that's going on for a solution to everything under the sun, to whether our nose is bleeding or whether, we, whether we're whether we sick or whether we need education or we need to go to the doctor or we need to uh, get a job or find a house. They're driving us all to this centralized government, which You know the the solution to our country, in my opinion, is decentralized government, not centralized government. When you do that and you get the people away, you get the representatives away from the people. They scheme all this kind of stuff that we're going to talk about and more today uh, on the show. So, Lynn, why don't you kick us off with what you got going on in uh, in your article this week and what you're exposing?
2: Okay. Alrighty. Well, why don't we start off with California and what's going, and the reason that I wanted to start there was because I've had, oh goodness, I have people contact me quite a bit about, you know, this is going on, this is going on. Hey, would you look at this? What can you tell me about that? But this particular one about the illegal tutors in California, I had at least Five people say I really would like you to look into that so that's where we're gonna start okay and what's okay. going on is that there is an AB 5 that's a piece of legislation in California and it was put into place I believe back in 2019 and it was supposed to amend the labor practices for the state of california as far as who was an employee who was a contractor you know that sort of thing and so what has happened in the name of covid relief is that parents are seeking tutors Well, somebody got the idea that, well, hey, is a tutor a contractor or is it an employee? And if it's a contractor, then, you know, families really shouldn't be hiring them. If it's an employee, then they need to start taking out taxes and that sort of thing. So, see, you've got one problem, and now you've thrown in this piece of legislation, and depending on who is presenting this piece of legislation, you've got all kinds of interpretations going on, and so parents are caught in the – crossfire on this one and they're going what the heck are we supposed to do
0: all right so what's what what are they supposed to do what i mean what's being attacked here this uh, some people would say okay well they're just making sure that you know our children are getting what they're supposed to get and uh, they're doing what they're supposed to do and uh, of course that's a problem in and of itself because the constitution didn't give them any authority in that matter uh and by the way folks i'm I'm from the South. I'm from South Carolina, the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. And you'll understand what I'm saying when I say that. Some people think, oh, you're just mocking... No, I'm not. You have to understand what came in after the War of Northern Aggression. They forced public education on the southern states and subsequently every other state. And if you don't believe me, go back and read Arnold Dabney. I've recommended this book time and time again on the show. I'll put it in the archive on secular education he's writing in during the time of the war northern aggression and what does he say he says they're seeking to impose public education on the south and if they do here's what's going to happen and this little book it's about 75 pages or so of his own time he was telling what would be the result of it and it was it's exactly what we're seeing today and some people say well he must have been a prophet or something. No, he was just a guy who preached the word of God, and he knew what the results were of a uh, beast-controlled system, a government-controlled system of education. So, Lynn, what what's being done to push back against uh, this uh, Assembly Bill Number Five?
2: Okay, um, I'm reading to you from a San Diego uh, news report. It is embedded in my article, if I did not send it to you for one of the resources. It is in the article and what it's saying here is that AB5 was created to help turn some gig workers or freelancers into employees with benefits. Now the bill has been met with controversy as it has impacted thousands of freelance workers across California and could now change how tutors are hired. Now, one of the people for the Reform California who is all over this is is saying, and here's a quote many parents are scrambling right now to find out how to do, how do they help their children keep pace. So that is what is going on. There's pushback, there's been a uh, petition. That has been put forth by this particular reform, California, and they're trying to ca- challenge the governor to go ahead and let's, you know, repeal this because this really doesn't apply to education. And I think good for them you know um, one of the things we'll talk about today is not only is there pushback from California but over in Tennessee as well so that is what is going on in California in the name of supposed COVID relief and again like I said in the article you're going to see the text for the bill you'll see a couple of news reports that you can go and look at for your own information so you can see okay if this is happening in California is it coming to my backyard and if so what can I do now to be proactive? Because this is one of the things that we're seeing, Tim, with all this overreaching and all this, you know, all these worms coming out of the woodwork at our families, is that uh, they're wanting us to rely on them. They're wanting us to be caught off guard and so confused that we just turn to them and go, okay, you do it for me. And we can't do that.
0: Well, and this is part of the reason that we warn people about this whole idea of the HOAX that is called coronavirus COVID-19. And I challenge anybody out there. You say, well, my such and such, my relative died of this, that, and the other. Not this, that, and the other, COVID. I challenge you, how do you know that? Well, the doctors told me. Well, how did the doctors know that? Because, again, let me, let me just throw this in, Lynn, real quickly. Yesterday, we couldn't have Kevin Corbett on because of the sound issue. So we sorted that out. He's going to be on tomorrow, Lord willing. And we're going to talk about that because he's demanding of Boris Johnson in the UK. And I think the people of the United States need to demand of their representatives, show us the evidence that COVID-19 even exists. Show us the evidence. Well, people are dying to him, don't you know? Well, wait a minute. We're hearing from all kinds of people of they, they're treating it wrong, which is killing people in New York. Now Governor Cuomo's got a, a book out about that. We're having all this other, and in the name of COVID, not only are they killing people, but they're taking advantage of it to put you further in debt, America, to the tune of I don't know, upwards of eight to ten trillion dollars over all of this mess, from Wall Street to the the big stimulus bill, and they're fixing to stick you with another two to three trillion dollars in this. And don't tell me vote Democrat or vote Republican. Um the, the obvious response I have to that is the one we had from the uh, Constitutional Party guy, Don Blankenship. He says, you've been voting that way for 170 years. Don't waste your vote on a Democrat or Republican uh, this season. We have to have somebody who's going to go back to the Constitution and say, nope, the Constitution doesn't allow us into this. In fact, all of this other stuff that we have going on, we need to get rid of this. Um, and so it's being used for more than just quote-unquote The pandemic, it's being used to have inroads into everything in our life. It isn't just even education, Lynn. I mean, it's a lot of stuff. Right. But you've, you know, it's funny that uh, we had, I had my friend Steve just across the line in North Carolina. He was sending me these articles and I sent them to you the other day from uh, North Carolina and Tennessee uh, where they're doing Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And North Carolina is really bad. You guys, boy, you got a stinker for a governor. I'm telling you.
2: Well, it's not just the governor, okay? <laughs> it's not. Let's not give him all the credit. I mean, you know, there's a large portion that goes to him, but it, it's quite a few people here in, in the state, and, yeah, it makes you wonder. But, um, yeah, and we'll get to those in just a few minutes. But I want us to go, if you would, let's hop over to Pennsylvania, and there's a nice big image that I would love for you to show people. It's got a big triangle, uh, looks like a pyramid, if you will. If you would show that, I want to explain that for just a minute before we go into what Pennsylvania is doing in the name of COVID relief. Yep, go ahead. Okay, this was from one of my archived articles. All right, this was before what we're seeing right now. And this is how we're seeing not only in Pennsylvania but across the nation. This is called the Multi-Tiered Support System, okay, or MTSS. It's also known as response to intervention. Okay, uh, this is part of the social and emotional garbage that came in with every student that sees that. And what this particular thing does, if you see the words universal screening, what that means is that every person, not just those in public school, but every person universally in in wherever you are that is using this type of uh, setup you will be screened. And it slots you into three different categories, all right? And so if you'll see, I have some questions there, all right? The red one will start at the top. That's for the most problematic people, okay? Well, under this particular guide through the Common Core Machine, what if it's just a bad day? Or what if it's just I'm having a hormone change or growth spurt? Or maybe I just forgot my medicine. If that is the day that I'm being tested, I might just show up in the most problematic category when I may not be, all right? Now, the next one, the yellow one, this is the one for those who didn't respond well and they might need more help, all right? Well, here's the big question. Because this is universally screened, Tim, and sometimes by non-medical professionals, what happens if I'm mislabeled? Think about what that does to my life, my family, okay? Think about all the interventions that will come in, all right? And then, of course, the green one is this is all students and staff in all, uh, excuse me, all students and staff in all settings. This is in school or out of school, okay? And again, here begs the question, because not not all of us will test well. You know I don 't know about you, but I remember I would know the stuff frontwards and backwards when it came to you know school. Somebody mentions that word test, and I would absolutely freeze and I would bomb so these are the this is what was already in place, and now let's go look at the Department of Education in Pennsylvania. I sent you that link because I want folks to see how they're ramping up the particular multi tiered supports in the name of covid. So let me know when you have that up.
0: Okay, uh before we do that, Lynn, uh we've got a we've got mm-hmm. a caller on the line and uh, I don't want to keep him oh, waiting cool. here. So, uh let me bring him up here just a second. And hey, caller, are you there? Hi. Hey. Hello. Who is this?
2: Hey, uh I just I just wanted to get your opinion. Uh I know I know I called in for the topic about uh
0: you know, coronavirus, but I actually had like Another topic, like, that we, like, I just, like, kind of thought of. What do you think about gay people? Uh, Well, that's not really the topic here. We're talking about education and uh, what they're using coronavirus against. So if you want to call in when we're talking about that, that's fine. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thanks for your call, Uh, man. You got another question on this subject? What is it? All right. I guess, uh, yeah. Well, I apologize, people. I don't control people's mouths uh, when they want to go on with stuff. But anyway, uh, Lynn, uh, continue. I, I'm going to pull this up. You, you've you got this thing out of Pennsylvania.
2: Yes, mm-hmm, yes, absolutely. Um, now, we are. Um, if you've got this page up, it is from the Education Department of Pennsylvania. And up at the top, it's going to – hang on just a second. Let me get up to the top. It's going to say – Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to say the staff and student wellness guide, and it's going to look like a a bumpy road or a curvy road, if you will. Okay. And what we're looking for is we want to find those uh, multi tiered
0: Is it this enhancement of social and emotional wellness in a virtual environment? Is that what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's where I'm at.
2: Yeah, okay, awesome, okay. Want to get down to the considerations for the multi-tiered support because it's like, are you kidding me? All right, so let's see here. They're gonna have to have a needs assessment, all right? Oh, and they're gonna use data to plan this, of course, all right, it's supposed to um, help them be better when they're virtually learning, which I'm not sure how that's supposed to happen, but anyway. Um, I was trying to get down to the particular, all right, here we go. Um, Monitoring and triaging at risk and vulnerable staff within a tiered model, all right? Okay, additional stress has been placed on them during school closures and plans to reopen. So we have to have self-compassion and use a government support system. Now, it doesn't use the word government, but I put that in that would help administrators with their emotional and physical capacity to support staff, students, and families. All right? Now, this is just for the staff, but think about this, uh, that cone that we just showed. That's also going to morph over into the families, okay? It absolutely will. But look at this. Uh, individuals are responding to natural and school entity supports. Okay, we need to have support for virtual and adapted teaching. We have to have significant support for virtual and adapted teaching in high levels of secondary stress, uh, anxiety, and depression. We need to make sure that uh, there's a wellness space. Uh, Now, this is, like I said, this is just for the, the staff members. But then if you keep looking at all this, it's going to go back down and it's going to tell you about how this happens with the students. And here we go, supporting student wellness. Equitable, inclusive, and safe environment. Recognize that the students and families may have had traumatic experiences prior to the pandemic. This could include displacement, loss, violence, All right, and of course, they go for the homeless, the refugees, or migrant families. And then, Tim, factored into this, they've got the social and emotional learning, especially in the time of COVID. So it's going to sit here and ask, all right, are you giving your children the predictable instructor routines they need? Are you giving them clear, consistent, positive behavioral expectations? Are you reviewing and teaching and reinforcing these? Modeling appropriate language? Are you giving explicit instruction and reinforcement of all these particular social and emotional skills? Now, here's the question, okay? we have the state who is saying this is what we're going to do to multi-tier support not only our staff but our students and we're going to morph this over into families in the name of covid and they're telling you these are all the things you need to do as a parent but then if you take a state like north carolina They're going, okay, well, this is what we really want you to do, but over here we're going to sit there and tell you, no, you don't need to monitor what they're doing on the computer because that's nine times out of ten what Pennsylvania is doing with their kids is like what they're doing here in North Carolina or South Carolina or wherever. They've got them glued to a computer. So which is it? Which is it that the parent is supposed to do? Are they supposed to be all this supportive stuff, or are they supposed to sit there and go, well, the state tells me that I can't look at what you're doing?
0: Yeah, that's, that's absolutely ridiculous, uh, Lynn. And this is what we tra- we've we been trying to get people to see this for so long. When you send your kids to state schools, don't expect when the state assumes the role of parent, of, of your position, and tell you what to do. In fact, tell you to butt out except for when they need to use you. Um, and, and this is what we're trying to help people see. God gave children to you parents. You are best equipped to teach your own kids. Lynn has been on over this. I've been over this. Uh, Lynn gives the practical matters of you guys teach them how to tie their shoes, how to go to the bathroom, how to feed themselves. Some of those common things that they're going to do in their life ever. You teach them that not the school, not a teacher. And I'm not look, I'm not dissing on teachers. But the fact of the matter is we're constantly doing this. We are we can't live without police. We can't live without teachers. We can't live without this. We can't live without that. And it's like, look, on the issue of police, constitutionally, we are the police, the people, the militia. We're to enforce the law. We're to put down insurrections. We're to repel invasions. When it comes to teaching, it's not somebody else's job to do that. It's ours, parents. And if we don't have certain skills to teach our kids, maybe it's a language, maybe it's music or something like that. We can farm that out to a person, but we do that privately in the family or as a community. We do it, but we don't get everybody else who doesn't even have children to do it. We do it. We're the ones who are instructive in that. And, uh, Lynn, I think this is what we're saying. People say, oh, that's just ridiculous. No, we'll never survive as a society. We survived as a society for a couple hundred years like that. Yeah, but, but things are better now. Are they really? Lynn, what have you seen? Let me just ask you this before we go into the next thing: mm-hmm. What have you seen about American education? How have American educ— how has American education deteriorated compared to the rest of the world over the past, I don't know, fifty years?
2: Oh, probably a thousandfold.
0: Yeah, I mean that—that's the issue. So the question is: yeah. When are we going to step up? Because again, many of you hearing this, you go, "Oh, you're talking about education." And Lynn, I tell Lynn, I say, "Yeah." this is not as good as uh, Biden and his son in Ukraine and money. And this is not as good as Donald Trump giving the your mama joke to whoever. This is not as good as, you know, whatever kind of scandal we can cook up or whatever. It's just not as good as that. But this is the very thing that's ruining us as a nation. The instruction of our children is the thing that's ruining us as a nation.
2: Lynn? Right. And one of the things that we're seeing done in the name of COVID relief that folds right back into what we've talked about for I don't know how many episodes is that, um, the wraparound services that were embedded in the Every Student Succeeds Act. And Anita Hogue lives in Pennsylvania, and she was on the forefront when a lot of this mental health stuff was coming at the students. That was one of the reasons she got involved. And so she's been telling us for years about these multi-tiered supports and how damaging they are. And when we saw and read the Every Student Succeeds Act in the just plethora of social and emotional garbage that was woven in, that was when she um, showed us that, you know, okay, you've got your school and it's going to be the hub for the community and it's going to provide whether you go to that particular school or whether you homeschool or you know what whatever your educational choice is that hub is there and you will be woven in and Tim we are living that out right now especially under the guise of relief from COVID so this is just one of those ways
0: okay all right but we got some other states we we're going, we're going to look at too as well oh right? yes <laughs> OK, it's not just California, okay. even though, look, people, you know, whatever starts in California eventually makes its way west or eastward. OK, so that's an important thing to to be on the watch out, uh, watch for, because especially even now we're seeing the issue with the guns. If you guys are not following the gun news, go to guns in, new, in the news dot com. There's a lot of stuff that's come out of there over magazine bans and stuff like that and what the implications are for you and. Whatever state you're in, so Lynn, these these things happen first in California usually, and they make themselves uh, they make it uh, eastward. And it's not just California, as you said. There's Pennsylvania. We've got a couple other states as well,
2: right. Right. Well, here's what I've noticed in with this education reform that's been going on, especially under the Common Core machine, is that sometimes they'll use some of the really well-recognized states, but more times than not, they're going to go pick on one of the states that's maybe not so much in the news, and that's where they go and put in some of these pilot programs. Um, And the only reason I know that is because I have so many people from across the nation who are like, hey, you know, this isn't in the news, but here in my state of whatever, this is what's going on. Can you look into it? And Tim, when I look into it, that's when I find that it's, yeah, it's either a pilot program or it's one that is part of a system that's not really being talked about. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's not just uh, California eastward. It's, everywhere so but let's hop over to Tennessee and this is kind of interesting okay because on the 11th of August this year the Department of Education released a toolkit on child well-being checks now this again is universal meaning every child no matter if they're in public school or not because uh, Tennessee had to be concerned about the holistic needs of all its children but um, What happened was this particular toolkit was trotted out. The citizens of Tennessee got to looking at it, and they're like, nope. So a week later, I kid you not, a week later, there was enough backlash that the Department of Education retracted that particular uh, toolkit, and they've gone back to the drawing board, and they're going to go and release a 2.0 version. But here's the thing. I think I sent you the YouTube video. It's a video that was put together by some of the citizens who were very concerned about the uh, Universal Orwellian Task Force and what it had said was its duties in the name of education, which frankly are not their duties at all. And I wanted folks to hear just the first couple of minutes of it, because they need to go back and look again hey, is this in my state? If so, what can I learn from these people about how to push back like this? Because they did in one week, they made enough noise to have this thing retracted, which is fabulous. So if you've got that video, um, if you'll start at the beginning and then go to probably about the uh, 218, 220 mark. Okay, hang on,
0: here it comes.
1: Hi there, my name is Susan Curley and today is Sunday, August the 16th, 2020 this has been an interesting week here in the state of tennessee as the department of education unveiled a well-being check toolkit the toolkit was supposed to set up a framework to hopefully catch those kids who are falling through the system kids who would normally be attending public school and maybe in need of some special services however after looking at that toolkit it raised a number of alarm bells not only with citizens and parents but also with our legislature. So my husband and I are gonna take you through that first draft of the toolkit. So while they have taken it down, the state has told us they will be revising it and a new and improved version will be submitted. So before we get to that 2.0, let's review the first one and let's see those red flags. So this is the Wellbeing Checks Toolkit. This is a document that has since been taken down from the Tennessee.gov website. And right away on the cover page, one of the things that we see is that the goal is to include all Tennessee children and that they all need to get this well-being check, and it needs to be conducted monthly and include children birth to age 18.
3: What I I don't understand is, you know, children are home with their families. I know there's always going to be scenarios where... Uh, you know, There could be a uh, uh, if, if single parent. There could be various problems that happen in the community. That's, that's, that's life that's going to happen. But what uh, gives the state of Tennessee, specifically the Department of Education, uh, this so-called self-appointed authority to mandate all children that they need to be the one working and put together this gigantic task force, just a bureaucracy, to check in on children, specifically childbirth age up to age 18? I didn't realize the you know, newborns and children not in school yet were of the concern of the Department of Education. This to me was a red flag that said, "Wow, this has got a lot of major overreach involved in it. We need to really see what's going on in the next few pages."
1: Right. So children are not born wards of the state, and if this was intended to catch those children in our public schools who might be slipping through the cracks because they're not physically in school, what this does is it blows that entire myth. Okay. All right, so this is what this is definitely a little.
0: What we've got going on here, Lynn, is this is another way into homeschooling or private schools or other kind of schoolings, <clears throat> other kind of schooling choices that parents make. They're looking to get in by way of your child's well-being. Am I, mis- right. am I missing something here?
2: No, no, absolutely, you're not. And and here's. Let's not lose this, okay? This is not ironic. This has been the plan. And who helped set that in motion? Tennessee's Lamar Alexander. If you'll remember, we've played the clip. I can't remember which episode it was, but we played the clip. It was from way back in the '80s, where he said, "Where one day we're going to get to where we go in and we get the babies and we get the mamas, and we track them and we make them wards of the state and we give them everything they need from education to food to health care to jobs." And, let's, and what do you think happened?
0: And let's be clear about that. Let's be clear about what just got, what you just said. For those of you think who think there's a dime's worth of difference between the two parties, this is a Republican guy saying this stuff. I mean, if you don't see the 20th century in communism, fascism, so, all the isms of Marxism, which is what they really come under, if you don't see the ties there in this guy's language— And how the people of Tennessee have continued to put this guy in office is as baffling to me as it is the people of South Carolina putting Lindsey Graham in office over and over and over. You're asking for it, people. You're asking for it in putting these people in office. They're coming after your kids. We've said it for years. They're coming after your kids and uh, this is one of the ways they're doing it. I'm sorry, Lynn, I didn't mean to interrupt there.
2: No, 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 you're absolutely fine. No, this brings up a qu- this brings up something, and um, I put this out as a poll. I was curious, and so I wanted to see what people said. So I made a post, and I said, you know, um, among our national leaders, regardless of um, you, know, you know their station, who has been the most unconstitutional or walking, um, you know, without ever being charged with treason? And I gave. Um, the I gave people four choices. A was Alexander, B was Jimmy Carter, C was Mark Tucker, and four was Bill Gates. Now, not a whole heck of a lot of people voted on it, all right? But I said there was one who was more awful than the rest of them. Now, Gates got the most bo- votes, but Gates is not an elected official, Gates has not held several different offices, all right? Tucker is not an elected official. He's not had multiple uh, political offices. Jimmy Carter had two. He was a governor and then he was a president. Alexander has been not only a governor, he has been the Secretary of Education. He has also been in Congress more times than some people have been, uh, longer than some people have been alive. So in this scheme of things, Alexander is by far and away the worst among that group, hands down. And then when you look at the stuff that he has said, you know, this is what we want to do, you look at the amount of influence that he had with the every student succeeds at and some of the stuff that he is um, has been plotting for years, he and all his cohorts, have been plotting for years, they use the Every Student Succeeds Act, Tim, to bring a bunch of this stuff in so that um, we have what our current situation is now, and oh, because all this was already in place, oh, look how convenient it is for my school to go in or my school district to go in and now be the nanny for all these families, whether they're in my school or whether they're in my district. So that's, yeah, to me, far and away, It will always be Lamar Alexander, who is the worst.
0: Yeah, I know Alexander was uh, somebody that Kelly uh, Nelson, she used to contribute over at uh, Freedom Outpost when I was there, uh, that she would point out uh, because he's in her state. There's also um, a number of the ladies that you mentioned, whether it's Anita Hoge or yourself or trying to think of the other lady's name, Uh, that point out Lamar Alexander, his crookedness, and downright criminal activity against the people of his state, the people he's supposed to represent, uh, the usurpation of power, uh, this whole idea we say over and over and over and over again, people. If you haven't read your Constitution, don't sit here and tell me this is constitutional because there is no authority given to Congress and thereby the president or the courts To deal in the issue of education. Zero, zip, nada. They don't have any. They don't have any authority in that matter. In fact, and since they haven't been given authority, the Ninth and Tenth Amendments are explicit in saying, we didn't give you authority in this area. You don't have it. It belongs to the states or to the people. And the issue of education, again and again and again and again, I drive it home to you, our foundations are the Bible. And even our representatives acknowledged that in 1983 when they said the year of the, when uh, President Uh, Reagan signed the Year of the Bible legislation. They acknowledged that our laws are based upon the Bible. And you know who the Bible instructs to teach their children? The parents. Not the state. Not the priesthood. Not the church. As much as churches want to put schools up and stuff, I think that's great if you're doing that with people in your congregation they are going to teach their kids. But the fact of the matter is it's on parents. That is the jurisdiction of the family and nobody else. And uh, yet they're they're coming in through this because, the, I mean, frankly, the people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge. They don't understand. This is your duty, America. This, look, don't point the finger at everybody else doing all kinds of lawless, unconstitutional things if you're going to take it up right there in your own home. If you're willing to sell out in your own home, don't point the finger at the traitors and the criminals and the communists and the socialists and the Islamists and the communists and everybody else. On the other side of the political aisle or on the side that you're on or in the middle or wherever you're at, look to your own self. What are you doing that's keeping them from doing what they're doing? Because they're going to fill that vacuum if you don't.
2: Absolutely. All right. If you will go to the third image. That's going to be the one about the Durham Public School System.
0: All right.
2: All right. Now, Durham, for those who don't know North Carolina, Durham's what's part of the RTP or Research Triangle Park, where a lot of the um, uh, big tech and data companies are, and a lot of those are involved in the Common Core machine. But now Durham has decided that they're going to take half a dozen elementary schools and turn them into learning centers. Now, Families who go there will pay $140 a week, Tim, to send their children there, plus a registration fee. Now, if you happen to be an employee of the public school system there in Durham, you can get a discount for this particular program. But this is supposed to be a COVID-19 response, okay? And what it says is that these centers will do, And I hope that uh, people will see this. I've underlined it in red. They will provide a safe space to complete online learning, meals, snacks, social, emotional activities. They will be assigned to small pods with daily wellness screenings, distribution, and required use of face masks. Now, in some of the legislation that we've talked about a couple of weeks ago, the HR2, the Moving Forward Act, one of the caveats to that was we have to spend billions of dollars in the name of post-COVID relief to either retrofit or um, renovate these schools, so that no COVID germs could possibly survive. So, one of the questions I bring up in this particular slide is, what's going to happen to those elementary schools once this is over? Are they going to go in and tear those schools down and make more burden on the taxpayer? What are they going to do because this is going to be part of the federal money that controls a lot of what goes on?
0: Well, Lynn, if and I tell I can't, you
2: in this particular,
0: can I? I tell enter? you
2: in this particular. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I can tell you from having to go back and forth between where I live near Charlotte over to Raleigh, and sometimes you have to go through Durham, Mm. that that was one of the first towns, Tim, that I saw after the Every Student Succeeds Act uh, was, was signed into law. That was one of the first communities I ever saw what's known as a 21st century community learning center, and those were mandated in the Every Student Succeeds Act, and it's doing precisely what Anita had told us. It was going to turn the schools into these community hubs, and darn if that's not what is happening in Durham. But now over in Rutherford County, which is up in the mountains, and um, I know we're getting a little short on time because I really want us to end up in Oklahoma, but one of the things that happened was that Rutherford County has said, you know, parents, we want you to be all this support for your kids, but then they've turned around and they're making the parents sign agreements that they will not monitor their children's online uh, COVID courses and classes, and people can look at that.
0: Yeah, one of the things that I was going to say was you were talking about uh you know, in the schools are they going to tear them down because oh, COVID's there. I I just want to remind people. Do you remember what you were told about COVID, a coronavirus? It can't live at 86 degrees Fahrenheit. Anything above that. What is your body temperature, people? Uh-huh. It's 98.6. Oh, but it can live for days on end if it's on a metal surface. What if that metal surface is over 86 degrees or 84, whatever it was that I had? It was it was way far lower than the, than the body temperature. What I'm trying to get to you is <clears throat> the things Lynn is, is pointing out is how they're using their lies. They are lies, people, to advance an agenda against you and against your children. And if you don't see the lies for what they are, you're going to succumb to whatever because of your own fear, and we don't promote fear here on the Sons of Liberty. We promote courage, just like the caller who called in and said something snarky at the end. Um, don't be a coward. Stay on the line. I would have took a, I would have took that on, uh, but the fact of the matter is, he's calling in an off subject. But but this is the this is the kind of scenario that we're we're up against. We're having lies given to us that produce fear. And that's not what we're—that's not what we're here for. We're here for the truth, so that you can act, so that you can act on it, not so you can cower in fear, but so you can act. And uh, Lynn, you're wanting to get over into, um, where is it, Oklahoma, and deal with yes, that too. You
2: have to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That fourth image—it's got black on uh, one side, and then a nice, colorful picture in the middle okay what we're seeing here is um this has to do with digital wallets and digital wallets being blockchain and artificial intelligence and how many times tim have we gone over the fact that these education savings accounts these tax vouchers these freedom scholarships anything that the government wants to brand it that is going to put money and follow your children, that's exactly what this does. It sets up a blockchain artificial intelligence data tracking system for your children. Only Oklahoma is now trotting it out and using this to go against the family. Because if you'll see in the middle, it says, the GAP, digital wallet, one award per family. So what this basically is telling you is that if you live in Oklahoma, You have to fall below certain poverty lines for you to be able to get this particular one-time award, which is about $1,500. And you have to have at least one child in the K through 12 educational system. Now, this is not, again, this is not the K through 12 public education system. This is K through 12 across the board. So again, this is another way to go after all those supposed choices. But if we remember, Page 17, wipe that out because it said all education had to be aligned to the same thing. So this is very, very dangerous. It's called Bridge the Gap Digital Wallet. Um, 5,000 families in Oklahoma could get this, and it's supposed to help them purchase curriculum, tutoring, and other stuff, okay? Okay. Then it also lets you know, okay, here are the certain places you can go. But as we have looked at education savings accounts before, Tim, we know they take control of what's spent and where it's spent. It will start dictating what curriculum you can use. And all this data tracking will pigeonhole these kids, regardless of where they go to school, into some sort of career track.
0: Now, Lynn, I, I'm showing the press release here from the governor's office, uh, Governor Stitt. Right. And um, right. If they can now, if families in Oklahoma can apply for the $1,500 grant. It's a grant to equip mm-hmm. students with the tools they need for the new school year. Now, what's what's amazing to me here is that people don't mm-hmm. understand those terms grants. This is not something they have to pay back, Right. Well, or, you would or is think it?
2: they won't have to? They won't have to pay it back, supposedly in money, but it will be through a pound of flesh.
0: I, no, I agree. I totally agree. But that's that's sort of what I'm getting at. They're taking fifteen hundred dollars. The people of Oklahoma who go for this, you are taking. You are stealing from your neighbor. Let's just put it the way it is. You are stealing from your neighbor. You shall not steal. That's part of the commandments that God gave. And you're just fine with it as long as the government is doing it for you and then giving you the money. But if you went to your neighbor and said, put a gun to their head and said, give me $1,500 to, quote, unquote, equip my students and give them tools they need for the new school year, you would be arrested for that. But not so with government. Do you understand the difference here, people? It's making something that's unlawful, quote, unquote, legal. I hate that term legal because it always implies that under the surface, there's something that's unlawful there. And this is what's going on in the state of Oklahoma.
2: Yeah, and if you'll remember, Oklahoma just ha- just had all kinds of upheaval over what is state, what is uh, Native American reservation, and all that. So that's going to be a train wreck right, right there. But if you would show the penguins, that's what I, That's what I would like us to end on. Okay. Now, this particular image was trotted out on School Choice Week back in 2017. And I went in and augmented it so that people could really try to hopefully understand that this is not just about public school because, you know, your penguin with the red hat has private school, the one with green hat, school. Purple is public school, online school is pink, and then blue is your magnet, charter, public or private schools. And then all that connects over to page 17, which says all education must align to industry-based credentialed standards. Now what that means, Tim, and I know you could probably quote this with me, but for those who may not know what that means, that means that those standards are not academic-based. Those are workforce based out of the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act because the Every Student Succeeds Act had to codify not only that law but weave in the Higher Education Act as well. So there's really no choice in these digital wallet funds that Oklahoma's trotting out or any of the other states who are using these types of uh, baited funding, if you will, to attach to the kid or attach to the to the family, they're dangerous.
0: Well, of course they are, but the people are caught up in the political uh, WWE, and I can give it an example of that. I've been trying to bring um, Brian Young on for a while, and he did a little a little um, video yesterday, uh, or that that came out, and it was talking about the reason that we're called to hate Trump. And I don't I don't want to make this about Trump, but the fact of the matter is it was showing the manipulation that it gets people up to say, oh, we're told to hate Trump, which then does sort of the psychological opposite of that uh, for people on the conservative side. And they go supporting it. And look, this is being supported not only by the Trump administration and promoted by the Trump administration, him, his wife, his daughter, uh, as we we took a whole show to talk about that, of what they're promoting. They're promoting a globalist education agenda. Folks, you can be mad at me, you can be mad at Lynn if you want, but that doesn't get rid of the fact that's what they're doing. And the, and the fact of the matter is, Lynn, what you just said, this whole is promoting a workforce. And see, people think, well, I have a job. That's a great thing. Well, I'm glad that you have a job too. I have a job. I'm happy about that. I'm happy about the work that I have. But when you have this mentality that you're creating this workforce in the, in the, the language that they're using, they are implementing communism right under our noses. Are they not, Lynn? Am I, am I missing the boat oh. here? That's what they're implementing.
2: Right, but it's been, you know, it's been going on for quite a while, but no, this is this is what just kills me about oh, we have to, you know, vote R, we have to vote D. Uh-uh. All of them are the same. They absolutely are when it comes to this, and this has been a very progressive plot that has played out through several administrations, not just this current one, okay? Yep. So anytime you see those Um, on social media, they're really circulating right now. Well, you need to vote red or you need to vote blue, and here's what you're voting for if you vote blue or you vote red. And supposedly the checklists are polar opposite of each other. We need to understand, and I've just started looking into this, Tim, The um, color psychology behind this political paradigm of red versus blue is mainly driven by your media to oversimplify what is really going on. And in this particular paper, what it was saying, this is a research paper, what it was saying was that if you look at both the mainstream parties, there is an equal amount of liberalism and conservatism in both so it's it's being used to pit one against the other when they're actually the same, which is what we've been saying for I don't know how long. So, you know, if people want to sit there and go, oh, well, you know, I'm going to, you know, go for Trump because, oh, he's he's this, that, and the other. I'm going to go for Biden because he's this, that, and the other. You really need to stop and think about what I just said. It's been proven. People have been researching this because they want to know why people are driven to these colors. But if you look at the colors, that are representative of past regimes uh, like you've been bringing up. Red's been the color control, not freedom.
0: Well, no, I, I totally agree. I t- it's ironic that uh, it's the party of the red state. Uh, and we're here on Red State Talk Radio, so I'm not, dry, I'm not dogging people with that. It's just you don't know. Lynn, we've got about 10 seconds here. Tell people where they can find out more about you. They can follow your stuff that you're putting out.
2: Okay, you can find me on CommonCoreDiva.com. You can find me on Facebook, both at CommonCoreDiva and U.S. Parent Call to Action. I'm on Parlor, USA.life, MeWe, LocalActivist.org. You can also find me on BNJTV.com. That will be available through Roku and Amazon Prime. Kickoff is Labor Day weekend, and if you um, want to support Okay, we gotta go, we
0: gotta go, we gotta go. 23 hours. Kevin Corbett will be with us. See ya.